This is the Life Journey Podcast with Quentin, a.k.a. Q Gauz No Days Off. From on the field and off the field, NFL player and entrepreneur. Motivating you to be the best you can be and getting you out of your comfort zone. Sharing with you travel, sports, and entrepreneurial tips with amazing guests on the show. Now, get ready for your life to change with the Life Journey Podcast and your host, Quentin Gauze. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Life Journey Podcast. This is your host, Quentin Gauze, and we have a special guest on today, Sparkle Lindsay. Um, She is an influential speaker, an executive coach, a recovery coach, life coach, and she has a YouTube channel that you guys should definitely check out, and we'll make sure we'll link it below um, on the podcast here. And she is based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. And yeah, that's my old uh, stomping grounds for playing with the Broncos. So super excited to speak with uh, Miss Lindsay here. And Lindsay, thank you so, uh, Sparkle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So talk a little bit about uh, growing up and like your experience growing up and, you know, your childhood, because it seems like you've got five uh, five, uh, five uh, family members, uh, brothers and sisters that you grew grown up with. Yeah, to kind of dive into this, the whole aspect of uh, your childhood experience. Man, well, my childhood experience, I'm the oldest of five. And uh, each and every one of us, we are still here and we are entrepreneurs and we are striving, you know, in our journey. But man, we had so much fun when we were younger. There was never, ever a dull moment in the Lindsay house. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of it was around, you know, um, we we had a lot of values and a lot of morals we learned uh, when we were younger. And, uh, you know, even now, the ba- the journey that I have really had to fight through, um, I never forgot where I came from, you know, and uh, it has really helped me ground myself now. Uh, in remembering some of those those times and just some of the hard times we went through, some of the fun times we went through, the conversations we would have around the table. I'll tell you, we'd have conversations around the table and open up to one another. Um, my dad, he was real good at, at asking us examples and questions and, you know, somebody would answer the question just crazy, but <laughs> the rest of us, we, we had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, um, but you know, my dad used to always say, "I'm rich in love, not in money," and uh, we've always stood by that as healers in a lot of our professions and just watching people grow and watching ourselves grow. Um, that's really all you can ask for, you know. And my dad said, "Just, just let it be what it's gonna be," you know. So we kind of, mm. we were very, very competitive though. The Lindsays have been very competitive for a long time. Um, me and Philip, my brother, uh, Philip Lindsay, we still have this thing going on with our basketball game, but I'm not playing him. I told him I'm not playing him anymore now because I'm the winner forever. <laughs> he doesn't get to rebuttal. So if he hears this, he just <laughs> he knows. <laughs> um, but my sister, all of them, we've all been, uh, yeah, we've all just really, really stuck in there and we're very, very tight. You know, when one of us is going through a hard time, we all are. You know, and we we stand strong in each other's in each other's souls, you know, um, and we know we can get through anything together. So that's kind of how we how we rolled during my during growing up, you know. 
Oh, that, no, that sounds that sounds awesome. Like my family, same way. Like just again, like my father, same same exact type of speech. Uh, you know, as well too. Yes. It's like, hey, I don't have a whole whole lot, but got so much love and so much guidance mm-hmm. to give you. And no, that's what it's all about. And I love families like that growing up. Like that's that's what it's about. That, that coming together, community, competing. <laughs> uh huh. Joking with each other, be getting mad. You know, yeah. <laughs> get mad at each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I promise you, we had. Oh man, we had so many stories that were just like, just the funniest that you could ever think <laughs> of. And and like now, even now when we go back, we're mm-hmm. you know for Christmas and we be we be making fun of each other. You know, you you can have a family that doesn't make fun of each other. Somebody gets mad, somebody's crying, <laughs> someone else is still egging it on. You know, mm-hmm. all of us, all of us had our stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I mean that's all. It's all love at the end of the day, and like uh-huh. you know, it's it's great memories. But that's awesome. That is awesome. So, what was yeah. it like? I guess from your transition, like uh, going, you know, going through high school and then going to college. Uh, you know, my transition from high school to college, four uh, two GPA actually, and uh, <laughs> and I played uh, four sports in high school. Um, Twelve year letter winner um, uh, on varsity. And uh, gosh, I just really knew everybody in high school. Like I really enjoyed everybody and everything that they brought to the table. There was never a time when I was with just this group or this group. I did a lot of speech and debate. Mm -hmm. I did, I played sports, you know, um, I did a lot of stuff with student council. Um, I just was kind of all over the place. I loved it, you know, Um, I also, you know, really stood up for those that uh, a lot of bullying that was happening during that time and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it was really good to just get to know people for who they were, you know, and it also brings me back to what I do now, you know, in my career, meeting people where they're at. And so Mm -hmm. little did I know that even in high school, I was really preparing to do what I love to do now, you know. Um, And then after that, I went through a lot of different things uh, to get to school, it's a horrible test taker. <laughs> the worst. Great, yeah, great grades. Horrible test taker. I was like, I don't even know. This is gonna be the fifth time, and I'm not doing it. <laughs> and it made me so nervous. You know, um, they give you, oh, they give you these little tips. You know, mm-hmm. put your feet up when you're taking the test. I'm like, none of this stuff is working. <laughs> I. <laughs> put your feet up so I ended up going to Otero Junior College for a little bit um my grades were okay but I couldn't pass my test um but man I had a group of girls that I played ball with basketball with uh there and got my associates and uh we almost we we actually were a Cinderella story we almost went to the championship and I still talk to all those girls today which is amazing so uh, I went into that and I was feeling pretty good. And then 2005, I went to Colorado Mesa University. Okay. And then I started getting really sick. Something happened to me. And uh, I wasn't sure what was going on with me, but I ended up, uh, I was in a wheelchair for about six to eight months. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. Come to find out, I have, uh, they finally diagnosed me with myasthenia gravis. And uh, then, 10 years, 12 years later, I would be diagnosed with what I have as well, which is lupus. Uh, So two autoimmune conditions. They said I'd never walk again. I wouldn't play ever again. And obviously I'm going to go back to the family thing here, Mm -hmm. competitor. Mm -hmm. You're not going to tell me I'm not going to walk. So 
<laughs> so I retaught myself to walk and uh, played another year of college ball. Wow. Um, had an opportunity to, you know, possibly go to the WNBA, did some tryouts and I turned down signing. Um, I was really, really concerned about my health. Um, mm. And I was only 24 at the time. So I, uh, whew, I was like, nah, I think I better go ahead and start living life. And what if I want to have kids and how am I going to, and I didn't know I had lupus at the time. No one knew, you know, at the time, I didn't find that out until about two, two and a half years ago, mm. three years ago. So, um, I was just like, really just blessed to be able to walk again and play again, you know? And, uh, I never cried for through that whole time. And I didn't realize it. My resilience was so strong, uh, that I just kept muscling through. You know, so that was high school. I graduated with a double major and a minor. Um, mm -hmm. And then from there, I um, decided to get out into the real world where I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, yeah, I graduated, graduated cum laude. And I'm like, got my degree. And then I was like, but what now what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not playing basketball anymore, you know? What do I'm doing? You know, so I ended up working for Coles and they got me into their program for people who were growing through their program. Mm. And uh, next thing you know, I became a manager in training. They from Junction, they took me back home to um, Aurora, Colorado. And then from there, I was there for six years with them. Um, and I ran teams of about 2000. I wow. was a remodel coordinator. Uh, I ran every position executive wise you could think of. I opened new stores. I remodeled new stores with them, everything. And then I dealt with what they call the glass ceiling. And um, the glass ceiling for a lot of people, a lot of minorities is that we they continuously put this feather. They tell you, we're going to bring you over here to do this. And we're going to have you do this. And this is going to give you, you know, uh, a feather in your hat. You know, I remember somebody saying that to me, one of the executives saying, when you go do this, this is going to be great. And you're going to have your own store. And uh, none of that ever happened. I was always, you know, going from store to store and fixing things. I was a fixer. Probably. Yeah, I'd go fix a store. And then that person would, you know, they'd say how great the store is. That person would get promoted. And then I'd go and they'd move me and fix another store. So ultimately... I was the work workhorse, you know, that's what they call us, right? Someone who you know can get stuff done, um, but they're not ever to other people good enough to have their own so, so stuff. I heard, so I heard you talk about on the video you sent over <laughs> on YouTube, you said, talked about like like doormat and you broke that definition down as almost mm -hmm. the same thing where somebody's like, they see your potential to see what you're doing, but like they're gonna keep just trying to overwork you mm -hmm. and to see how much they can get out of you basically. Yes. But they know your value, but they're not like, uh, like utilizing you to their potential. Yeah. So they'll overwork you. They'll put you where they need you. They'll tell you how great you are, the things they need done, you know, and as a person, I think, I mean, we all do this. We're human. We um, decide to say, oh yeah, I can help. I'll take care of that. Or yeah, I can take care of that. And then they they'll butter you up, you know, and, and, and if you've ever, ever dealt with it, I'm sure you have, especially being, being the player you are. Oh my God, ask Sparkle. Oh, call Sparkle. Oh yeah, she'll know about this. Oh, your phone going off a hundred times and then you forget about you, okay? And then before you know it, it was your fault to begin with. 
because you should have never said yes, right? Not realizing that that's what was going on all along. I was really young, you know, at the time. And I was just excited to have the opportunity to, to do so much. But uh, it started to burn me out a lot. And I started to get a little, you know, resentful because, you know, I was I was called upon to do all the the hard stuff, you know, and although there was there was praise there, you know, I was making goals for the company, but not really any goals for myself. And uh, I didn't realize that until, you know, this journey that I've started where I'm like, nah, I want to make my own goals. I want to make goals for someone else. I'm gonna make my goals, you know? So that piece really got me. And then I decided when I realized that I was gonna be going to another store to fix it, it was in Pueblo. Um, I just exited in my exit interview and said, I'm gonna have to move on. Um, I can't keep fixing stores, you know, I just can't keep doing it. And uh, I moved to Penny's, JC Penny's. And uh, Penny's was older, you know, about 114 years old at the time. So all new structures, all different things. De I dealt with the glass ceiling there as well. Um, and at that point I had started uh, drinking and uh, partying a lot. You know, I was 26, executive, 80,000 a year. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm on top of the world. I can do what I want, you know, started partying. But I also hadn't realized the effects of not walking and reteaching myself to walk. Like a lot of things started to hit me that I didn't realize actually really did hurt me and really made me feel, you know, sad. But I just kept moving, you know, and, and I talk, I don't, I haven't done a video quite yet on it, but talk a lot about uh, strong black woman syndrome and uh, where we feel like we got to take everything and put it on our backs and uh, we just keep moving, you know, and sometimes, there's a point when you got to stop and you got to look around you and you got to realize how many other people can take some of that off of you, you know, and uh, you then become a woman of many strengths. You know how to utilize the people around you and they know how to utilize you to get to the end result, right? Right. Um, but sometimes we don't see that because we're so resilient. <laughs> you know, we, we're we not, we're not gonna lose. But ultimately sometimes just just stopping for a second and realizing you don't have to do it all on your own. And anybody who says that you have to do it all on your own, they better ask somebody, cause that's not true. You know, it's not true. Right. And a lot of us take that on. A lot of women, a lot of black men, a lot of us take that on because that's just who we are. You know, put an H on your chest and handle it. But ultimately, are we walking through our emotions with it, right? That's so true. there's been so much for me to realize uh, in this time. And, um, you know, my last place I worked at was King Supers. I was HR. And I just knew my drinking and stuff had gotten ridiculous. You know, my drinking, I was into cocaine. I was doing so much. And I was getting ready to be promoted. And I turned it down. I turned down a $125,000 job to get help. And you know, in the black community or just period, asking for help for us is not always so easy. You know, we, we think we can handle it. Um, but I had surrendered. I knew in order for me to be the person I wanna be, I'm gonna have to stop this and I'm gonna need some help doing it. You know, um, alcohol and addiction is no joke. Um, mental health is no joke. And ultimately to stand up and stand out and say, hey, I need some help. Uh, everybody 
jump to help me. <laughs> so it was a blessing because a lot of times, you know, families don't realize it. You know, our friends of, of don't realize that this person is going through a lot, mentally, depression, all these things. And for her to say, you know, even to my brothers and sisters, you guys, I, I'm not okay. Everybody had to just take a second and be like, I, I guess that's okay. You know, <laughs> I guess that's cool. You know, like, what do we do to help you? Right. So um, you find out that asking for help isn't so bad. And uh, I, I am so grateful that when I did reach out, people reached out and they helped me too. Mm. And that's love. That's love right there. Like, when, especially like when you, when you know that you have, that you need help, like you said, you need, you know, you need it. You took it, like you said, you took a step back instead of taking the promotion, you took a step back. <laughs> To really just like and let everyone know, like look, let your family know, like that's yeah. that's a huge step. A lot of people wouldn't do that. A lot of people would be like, well, it'll, it'll come out at some point, or they'll find yeah. out. No, you <laughs> they'll came figure up. it out. You came straight up. It's like, look, need help. Like mm -hmm. that's 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 powerful. That's strong. That's that's being strong. That's being yes. strong. And that's you no know, kudos to you on that, because um, a lot of people wouldn't do that. So. And I think that's the difference. A lot of people talk about the word courage. Mm. And uh, the serenity prayer hit me because the courage to change the things I can is so powerful. And a lot of times we don't get it. If we don't, if we don't know ourselves, we just don't know how deep that really is. Mm -hmm. And the more I started to do it, I'm like, the courage to change the things with me, everything else will evolve. Everything else will happen. But what's going on with me? right? Why do I feel this way? Why do I want to use? You know, why am I drinking? Why am I not sleeping? You know, um, do I have trauma? I had major trauma, you know, and I think a lot of us don't realize when we're dealing with PTSD or something that happened to us in any given day, you can have some sort of trauma that you just didn't realize you had. And my trauma was, I was having nightmares uh, from my trauma. You know, I had an associate kill himself in front of me. Um, and it got me, you know, it, um, that's, I really started drinking. That was when I knew like, I got it. I, I'm not, I can't even sleep, you know? I didn't realize trauma like that. So when I went and found out I could get a trauma therapist and I could try different trauma therapy to help me work through pain management, all of these things, ugh, it was like, a new me, you know, a new me. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold nothing back. I was going in on me and I still am every day, you know, daily, um, you know, at a year, I'm a year and nine months sober. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. It's so exciting, but it's so different. It's a living thing. And that's why I chose to become a, a life coach as well, because you don't want to have alcohol and addiction or any addiction define you as a person. Okay, it is a part of your life, whatever addiction you have, but it, it does not, it is not you. <laughs> it's not me. Mm -hmm. What is me is where I take my life now that I recognize this situation, right? Mm -hmm. So instead, I know I'm an alcoholic addict, but what am I going to do to continue living? You know, how am I going to let life live me? What am I going to do to embrace the past? And then let it go. It's no longer there anymore. Right. But what am I going to do right now in this moment? Mm. And so I've done a lot of work around mindfulness and awareness. And most of my quotes that are up, they really get you thinking because they're deep. You know, they're deep. <laughs> <laughs> they hit the heart. <laughs> they do. They make you think about yourself like, 
Mm. I do have, like, I think my, my quote today was, we all have a story. I bet it's a good one. And somebody wrote me and said, you know what? I got a good story. <laughs> it makes you think about it for yourself and be like, I should tell some people my story. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. No, it's true. No, that's, that's powerful. Well, that actually is a great segue. Um, uh-huh. Always ask, um, what's a quote that you can leave the folks with that can help impact them for the rest of their lives? Oh, well, this is a good one. And it's my favorite, uh, Oprah Winfrey's. And I use it at least maybe once every two weeks for myself. It's, if you don't know what to do, do nothing. Just sit still. Mm. A lot of times uh, now that I've been practicing, I do a lot of meditation and anxiety starts hitting. Um, I do a lot of nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Because I don't know what to do. And that's okay. You Mm -hmm. know, so when I don't know what to do, sit still and do nothing. And as soon as I do that and I allow my guides to guide me and I just have that little bit of silence all of a sudden things just start rolling Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes we don't always have to be doing something uh we can do nothing and have the gift of being you know the gift of just being is so hard to do because everybody wants to be doing something right but when you learn that and you practice that doing nothing is the greatest thing ever It's one of the greatest things you can ever do for yourself because you start to visualize and have visions of what you really, really want to be, what you intend to be and who you are. Mm -hmm. You start to see that because you allow yourself time to let things settle, you know, and it's really, it's really, really cool. It's a really cool experience. That's definitely super important. I definitely have added that um, the last two years just doing that. And it definitely provides clarity. Like actually I drove, when I left the Broncos, I drove home. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 hours because 24 hours to get to Rochester, yeah. New York. So I drove home to think, to pray. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got home, you know, put my feet up on a co- uh, couch, meditate, pray, ask God for guidance. And like, yeah, like questions, yes. like, the answers came. It was like, hey, take kids on an international trip. I was like, yeah, okay. We're doing so it. I did it. Took yes. like, eight kids to go. So it did help go serve. Uh, like, you know, so it was. So I totally understand that. So anyone listening, like definitely make sure like you take that um, and and apply it to your lives. Um, And you got to think of it this way. Okay. Let's think about this pandemic in a way mm -hmm. that yes, it's, it's not the funnest. Of course not. We got people dying, you know, things are changing constantly. Things Mm -hmm. constantly change. Right. But I can always say that my higher power said, okay, everybody go to your rooms and think about what you've done. Take some time and, and think about what you've done or what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately things have changed and they're never going to go back the way they were. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do with it? Right. You know, um, one of the biggest pieces I can remember is being so busy. I didn't have time. I didn't have time for myself. Right. Soon as that pandemic happened, I was like, well, what are we going to do? What, what do you mean? Here. What are we going to do? What are you going to do, Sparkle? You got time to just be. Oh, man. I felt like a little kid throwing a fit. I want to go outside. 
I want punishment to be done. <laughs> there was a meme that said, is out outside still closed? <laughs> right. I, I think I saw that one. That's funny. And Kermit the Frog, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but man, all oh, the things that I learned about myself, being curious about mm-hmm. yourself is so cool because you get to know so much and you laugh at yourself. You giggle at yourself. You, you're, you're, it's just you. You create chaos. You enable. You do all these things. And when you finally just there by yourself, you're like, I just did all of that. <laughs> and there's no one else here but me. So you get to know yourself really well. And I think I encourage people that while we're still going through this pandemic and while things are still really difficult, sit down with yourself. Check yourself at the door. Mm. Okay, who's better to check yourself than you? If you can recognize what you need to check about yourself normally, you can move forward and you can let things go. When we start to ignore it and suppress it and act like it's not there, that's when it comes back to get us later. So check yourself, ask yourself questions. How are you feeling today? If you're not feeling all right, that's okay. Search that, figure that out, figure out you, you know, figure out you. I love it. I love it. Is there anything else you would like to say, like uh, anything you want to plug um, in programs or anything? To- uh, you know, I'm going to be coming out with uh, a program. Um, I'm actually coming. I'm finishing up my book, Being a Better Me for Me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. It'll be out here rolling out in the next month or so, it looks like. Um, I am definitely going to be giving a lot of videos um, I just started my YouTube channel. It has 200 subscribers. It's been about a month and a half. So I just want to thank my subscribers and people who are starting to kind of kind of get a vibe, kind of like my vibe a little bit. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I just want to say, you know, last but not least, a lot of the things that I talk about, um, they're not, none of that stuff is scripted. It comes from my heart and the things that I've lived and had experiences. If you guys know of someone who needs executive direction or needs alcohol addiction direction, um, any of those things, life coaching, it can go a long way for a long, a lot of people. And just walking with people, I love to do and watch people help themselves and figure out where they fit in their puzzle is amazing. And it's a journey uh, that you never ever really realize how great it is until you watch somebody crawl out of the deep dark depths of everything and become amazing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just want to say I am there for that reason. And I love what I do because of that. And uh, I am available on all you can check out Sparkle Lindsay on all sites as well. Instagram, TikTok, Clubhouse, Facebook, all of them uh, just under Sparkle Lindsay, the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, like I said, I do contact um, I actually um We'll contact you back right away. Um, I have that. So wherever, whatever you need, numbers, all of those things, I am available. Awesome. Um, Sparkle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, you have a, you know, you sounds like you have an amazing family, like very talented family. And uh, it's great to see that. And it's great to see like your journey of how you got to where you got to. And um, you're still pushing through. But like, that's the biggest thing is like, there's some people that will just stop and just give up and just like, oh man, I can't get through this. But no, like, like you said, you, you said, I needed to get, I needed help and I 
you, you call it out and, and you got help and like now you're you're helping other people and um you know we fall right into our purpose of what we we're supposed to be doing so it's just it's amazing to hear your story and um yeah i really thank appreciate you, you uh coming on today and um yeah and don't thank this thank you so much all right thank you all right see you soon <laughs> see ya <laughs> boom all right so that's, that's it that's it um I'll make sure to have I have a couple more people in front of you so this will probably be like okay. more April-ish but uh -huh. I'm super excited that you you know you reached out and yeah you, thank you for having me hopefully it was good for you uh, um good. I seen Atlanta and I know I've been in Clubhouse and I've got a lot of people who have been you know pinging me uh -huh. from Atlanta and I've been talking on there more because I have about 600 followers on them 400 followers something like that on mm -hmm. there and they're like, girl, we didn't know you could talk like that. I'm like, I didn't either. God is speaking through me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. No problem. And we'll definitely okay. talk again at some point. So now I appreciate yes. you. All right. Thanks so much. I'll see you. Okay. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. -bye. Bye.